1: Hot round, Red Seven! Red Seven! Red Seven! John! What? Red Seven! I don't know what Red Seven means. Hot route! I don't... What is hot
0: route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run downfield field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Oh yeah! That's what we call a sack lunch. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Me the ball. Oh, are you
1: gonna get me the ball? I hope he didn't kill somebody.
0: The difference between winning and
1: losing, yeah. between living and dying. Yeah. I got a whole lot of money, y'all need me, bottle yeah. key, poppin' that water, man, y'all drag it's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome in to 11 Personnel, episode 152. Um, I'm Nick Roush, he is Adam Luckett, and as somebody said at Churchill Downs, uh, Thursday night, they said, Hey, I've heard that voice somewhere before. That's on Adam Luckett's podcast. So, you, you Luckett, this is officially your podcast now.
0: I'm, so, I'm sorry, Ralph. Well, the, I, I go on your radio show, so I welcome you on my podcast. <laughs> so, there, re- return of the favor.
1: And you, that's what I get for running into a Sanex tiger. You know, they're just, they're, they're, they're biased, they're homers. Um, but hey, they're not getting, Oh, we don't need to get into the recruiting stuff. We kind of <laughs> a dorks out there crying about recruiting all over the state. We're here to talk football recruiting though, uh, because the 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 live period is not over, but it kind of feels like things are wound down for Kentucky. I'm sure they're gonna have a few unofficial guys here and there, but it, it, the big stuff's over with.
0: Yeah, we don't uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, but I don't assume they're having any this weekend um
1: yeah yeah what you
0: see in a lot of these nick like these staffs they pick their weekend or two and have like big blowouts and you've got kind of the blue bloods that do maybe three Uh, like this weekend you've got uh, like florida state's having a big weekend they're having eight guys two kentucky targets are down there um you've got some other uh north carolina i think's having a big weekend Uh, miami's their big recruiting weekend is this weekend they've got like 18 guys or something I believe down there um, for their big, they had some name and then their biggest camp is on Sunday. So they kind of combine, um, combine it all. Um, but Kentucky had their two, the two weekends prior, they had two big recruiting weekends. I think it was 16 guys total. They split it up like eight and eight um, or somewhere along those lines. And you saw Louisville, they really only did one big official visit, visit weekend. They really had, they had some guys with some random guys come in, but mainly it was one big one. So um, Kentucky's kind of, the they've they've played their serve right, and so yeah, now yeah, yeah. the June's over, and now we're getting into July. And historically, July is the month outside of really up the month leading into signing day. July mm-hmm. is when you get the most commitments. Fourth of July weekend historically yeah. is a huge commitment weekend. Um, a lot of these kids want to get it done before their senior season starts, for their mm-hmm. school year starts. Um, so they, especially since they moved the where you can take OVs in the summer, um, that's, that's even enhanced, I think, in the last few years. And so, yeah. Kentucky, um, my overall thoughts with the class. Oh, uh, oh, right I've got Go a ahead. game.
1: I've got a game I want to okay. play with this. Like Okay. Because we talked about it in length. May. It was very quiet. We weren't really sure what the month of June was going to bring. So, this is going to be like part of the interruption. So, on PTI, they, they had the fill-in-the-blank game. And so – I want to play the fill in the blank game with Adam Luckett. How do Kentucky's football recruiting class after the month of June is
0: is a little bit behind, but I think that's okay. Okay, but it, they are behind. Um, I don't think there's any denying that. And then you look at two. I think the two big ones going into this this cycle, Nick. That you thought that you felt pretty good about getting were Christian Conyer and Anthony Brown. Two big guys on your board. Conyer decides July third. Mm-hmm. We think I think Kentucky's in the driver's seat right now, but you don't know. Yep. And then Brown has just announced his top five. It's seeming like he's extending into the season,
1: which isn't great.
0: If you look at the writing on the wall, he got that late Oklahoma offer right before at the end of May. It's that this smells like he was visits to UC and Kentucky. It smells like he's maybe waiting for a bigger offer. And so if you're mm-hmm. Kentucky, the good thing here is he's just outside of Dayton and Springfield. So he can, you can get him on campus pretty easy for an unofficial. Right. Um, the bad news is you burned your ov, um, So you don't have that in your back pocket to use to close him late. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that, that that's a little bit concerning there. And he was like, Emil Wagner was the ultimate Keontae Goodwin insurance last year. Right. Anthony Brown was the insurance if he lost Carmelo English.
1: Yes. Who is uh, visiting Michigan this weekend? Went to Auburn. Uh, what? Could, that one feels kind of like Jacoby Albert, where UK kind of did a lot, and then yeah.
0: the only worry is they saved that ov for Kobe Albert, and they yeah. got him on campus. They don't have that. They burned through it. Yeah. So you, I wonder if maybe that they could go and do it again if they would have wouldn't have
1: waited for the English that maybe overs. they could
0: maybe they could have got him on campus for an unofficial but you don't know I mean I don't know the specifics there
1: because I I do think there's a good chance for uh, you know when Brian Harson gets fired for going six and six that Kentucky is right there waiting yeah. but not having that OV does stink. Um, I think if I was going to use a word like it I would be I would use the word optimistic but subject to change because really what we saw in June, is even though you know Kentucky, they aren't using the pay for play in NIL um, to, to to land a bunch of recruits, but they they still they've teed up a lot of they got they got a lot of guys on campus, a lot of four star talent where you you weren't sure about the names here and there. I mean, there were five four star linebackers within ten days on campus. There were five yeah. four star cornerbacks. Like they they got a lot of guys on campus, and if you can hit on half of them. Same thing with your receiver positions. Like they've done a really good job of – I thought they, they got a lot of guys on campus. You just got to hit, and that's where now we're kind of in the um, the wait-and-see time. You know, like, So you, you feel like you're in a good spot, but is it good enough to beat out uh, a lot of SEC schools? That's who your competition is now. A lot of the competition, instead of beat, playing and going up against Cincinnati in Ohio, um, which is, was really a thorn in this cycle – uh, you're going up against South Carolina for guys like Jaden Robinson, and you're going to go up against Auburn for, for a couple, two or three different guys. So um, now it's a matter of h- how many of these can you close. And that's like like a getting guys on campus is important, but you still got to close.
0: Yeah, with Carmelo English, I think they've done a great job recruiting them. I'd actually like that it was only a midweek OV to Auburn instead of mm-hmm. one of their big weekends. Um, they got Carmelo English here for a big weekend. You look at Carmelo English social media, it's all it's a lot of Kentucky stuff.
1: Right, right. Well,
0: a lot more than Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you dig in his high school, Phoenix City Central, there's some stuff there about maybe they don't – the coaches there don't love Auburn and all the instability and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, I think that plays in Kentucky's favor. But then again, it's – he's – the same reason, like, you would like Christian Conyer in the Kentucky recruitment is the same reason you should like Auburn and the Carmelo English recruitment.
1: Proximity. Because in-state, huge <laughs> mm-hmm. target.
0: They don't want him to get away at an SEC school. And so – but like you said, it's a guy – if they lose him, keep him warm, keep him on the radar, he's a guy you could potentially maybe flip late. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to mention the defensive targets. Like, they've done a really good job, I think, on defense. Like, these are all guys, Nick, I think they have a great shot at getting. Neil Avery, top 250 edge out of the DMV.
1: Yep.
0: Avery Stewart, a top 250 defensive back out of Montgomery, Alabama. It's probably – I think he had a top six. He only took OVs to Kentucky, Florida State. Not sure on the decision process there, but they're firmly in the hunt. Grant Godfrey. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Top 200 linebacker from Atlanta. Kentucky got him on campus for an unovi- unofficial. He like saved Kentucky... the
1: official for later. Right. That's big. <laughs>
0: yes. Kentucky, Tennessee, Wake Forest. Um, so, for this one, you're really going to watch kind of Tennessee's linebacker recruiting there if, uh, because you think Kentucky's got a pretty good chance to beat out Wake Forest, but I think Collins done a really good job with him. Um, so, he's a guy to watch. Uh, and then Kendra Gilbert um, just took an OV to Kentucky last weekend, a defensive lineman out of Indianapolis Cathedral. This guy, 6'5", 6'11", wingspan. He could play multiple spots in that kind of 3-4 hybrid front that Kentucky has. He would be very, very intriguing as, pro, as a player if you can get him in here. Took his he, LSU. Now he's at Iowa. But I think Kentucky's in pretty good position there. Um, so he's probably going to announce in July. And I, I like Kentucky chances uh, there with him. So you look at all be those pretty guys.
1: significant going up. I mean, he's been to LSU three or four times, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there was Brian Kelly's staff, and the, or Brian Kelly and the guys he brought with him from Notre Dame. They were recruiting him hard at Notre Dame. They went to LSU. Gotcha. Continued. Gotcha. But I think Kentucky's in a pretty good spot there. So if you can get a, you know, a good chunk of those guys defensively, and then add Conyer to that, if you can hold, if you can hold on to him, defensively, you're, I think, you're in a pretty good spot for the class, and that's a pretty good backbone heading into the season. Um, but they just need some buzz. They don't have much buzz right now. Jermaine yeah. Matthews just listed top six, I believe. Kentucky didn't make the cut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Long term, that's not a really big deal because Ohio State came on. He's going to Ohio State. Right. And so, like that, that that is what it is. Orion Fisher, uh, Georgetown, Great Crossing. He's got an OB to West Virginia this week, and that feels like a place he could land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky seems like backing off on that. Uh, you know, and there's other guys too, like Wu Spencer out of Mill, is a guy I think they really like. If the grades can get cl- cleared up, I think that's the issue right now with that recruitment.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty um. Pretty wild the male kids leaving mail. Um, you had Jeremiah Collins who's committed to Louisville. He's now playing for a school in Tennessee.
0: Yep. Murphy's Oakland. Yeah. It that's a pipeline of they always they always got some d one prospects coming out of there.
1: I think UK might try to flip that one. You know, I mean, we'll see. But leaving yeah, I mean male if you miss Conure, if door. you
0: miss if you miss on Conyer, right? Mm-hmm. I think that becomes a pretty big recruitment for kentucky mm-hmm. trying to get him flipped i would imagine yeah 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 and then robert stafford's obviously the big fish there at cornerback he's in arkansas this weekend that's just going to be tough i think like if you kind of dig in that arkansas should be considered the favorite there and then but it's florida recruit i mean they think could go 800 different directions
1: <laughs> right, and right so right.
0: like they're not in a, like a terrible terrible spot um but it just feels like they're a little bit behind right
1: yeah, and and you can catch up if you get two or three or four commitments in July. You know, like they they just didn't get yeah. any of these it's, quick pops. It's
0: really you really want to revisit this in July, see where they stand, how many commitments they get, what what kind of prospects they get, because there's gonna be guys that have um, come from off the board, like the Stan Quan Clark, another mm-hmm. linebacker. Nick um, ranks just outside of the top 300 from Miami. It's NC State and Kentucky. That's the two places he OV'd. Mm-hmm. And he was a midweek OV for Kentucky. We'll see where that lands. That's a sneaky Mike Snoops recruit.
1: Did we ever figure out if that was official or not?
0: I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Okay. I haven't figured that out 100%, but I think it was. He's another kid similar to Sean Tompkins where it's just not much on social media. Right, right, right. There's not much out there on him.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it to – to step back uh, even more. So I know there's a lot of like, even though it's a little behind Kentucky's not in the worst spot, but it feels even further behind for, for some fans who just follow recruiting from afar and are seeing what university of Louisville is doing. And we've talked about a nauseam. We don't need to repeat ourselves that, you know, Steve Clarkson and Adidas, but getting Ruben Owens was just the most significant feather added to their cap so far this off season. Um, but that doesn't mean that Kentucky is even further behind because Reuben Owens made that commitment. I'm sure uh, his ears might have perked up even more once Arch Manning announced his commitment to Texas. Might be a little bit more attractive than playing for Pierce Clarkson at Louisville.
0: But Yeah, th- but uh, that Arch Manning commitment's going to lead to um, – last name's Baxter out of Orlando. He's a top 50 running back. He's gotten a lot of predictions for Texas that's going to come here soon uh huh. trying to think of what that kid's name is something baxter jr yeah um yeah you're going to see a bump here for texas after after the arch
1: which the, the internet content, baxter jr the internet content was outstanding i really just wanted to see this arch thing bleed out a little bit longer like it because mm-hmm. our uh our national writers i just love the um how excited everybody gets at ON3 headquarters whenever there's anything arts-related, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: I do want to say this about Louisville. Um, I don't know if you saw this last night, but it was reported DeAndre Moore Jr., top one year re- receiver they got from California.
1: The second best player in the class. He's transferring um, high
0: schools to go play with Chris Carson.
1: Oh, he's going to Bosco too? Of course he is. They're,
0: they're going to have four players on that Bosco team. Um, and apparently, as I was doing some digging last night, Matter Day's really got a good team, too. Um, that's the other big private high school in mm-hmm. L.A. Bryce Young, JT Daniels, they all went there. Um, basically, these schools, they just get kids to transfer in. Every mm-hmm. year. Um, but that's what he's doing. I mean, they're trying to build a, high, a national high school championship team. Now, is Reuben Owens on the clock? That would be my question. Is he on the clock to transfer <laughs> to St. John Bosco? Like, is this what we're doing we're um, just getting was,
1: kids all, all go to the same high school before they go to college together. Yeah, so
0: like you see what's like. You see. Yeah. Steve we, Clarkson's we, playing GM. Like, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than that.
1: A GM for a seven on seven team too. Yeah. I,
0: yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> like it's, it's, there's no line. It's, it's great athletes. I'm
0: just I I, mean, it's very like, they're going to have a top 25 class. I don't know. Like, like kay. they got some kids from Georgia. That's going to be tough to hang on to. Um, but like that, now that Moore's going to high school with Pierce Clarkson, I feel pretty good. Probably they're going to get him because um, I thought maybe USC could maybe step on the gas there and potentially flip him. But they're so going to have a go let's,
1: ahead. let's play a game. Best case scenario, worst case scenario for, for U of L. I think, okay, the, yes. In, in just with this class and everything, I mean, worst case scenarios, pretty clear. Like it, you get a five win Louisville team. So even a six win Louisville team and Clarkson decommits all of his boys follow suit. I think the worst case scenario is clear, but even the best case scenario of all of those guys, Owens and more are probably the only ones playing next year. M- maybe Clarkson Clarkson does?
0: has to. Well, Nick, you got to dig into Louisville's roster here. And, um, uh what was going to be starting 16 super seniors or regular seniors on the roster? Like it's totally going to flip over in 2023. I think Scott Satterfield knew that he knew he could probably win this year and survive, but next year they were really going to take it on the, chin. like 2023 on field in the fall, they're going to take it on the chin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and he had to get a quarterback in like, he swung and missed every class on quarterbacks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so he, he knew what he was doing, right? They help me out, Steve.
1: <laughs> yeah, players yeah.
0: here. Take your son. He like Pierce Clarkson's coming in and starting right away. I mean, there's just little doubt about it. And all those kids are going to play um, right away. Uh, but best case scenario would be like Louisville has a good year on the field. Uh, they're able to go and get some solid players from other regions. They build a class and they keep everybody committed. They build in at the end, they're probably a top 15 to 20 class. Um, they're all happy, but everybody recognizes, okay, we're going to be really young next year, but we've got the future. Um, and that, that would be – the best, worst case would be – I guess it depends on – what would the rec- – that's what the question I want to know. What is What does it have to look like on the field for Satterfield mm-hmm. to get fired with this recruiting class? I think the bar is pretty low myself. Because if you – like, they're, they're hook, line, and sinker right now as a fan base.
1: Yeah, but they're also quick to jump off the bandwagon.
0: Yeah, but I think, you know. this, I think this is different, Nick, because they've always been, like, the front-running – if they got a quarterback, they'll, they're quick to forgive other stuff. Like, if you're scoring 45 points a game and you look good, they're quick to forgive other issues. And I yeah. think you could, see, you could have the, Clark, the Pierce Clarkson sell us the next, you know, Teddy or – whoever. I mean, uh, Satterfield's already comparing him to Teddy in an, in an interview with, with Eric Crawford.
1: Oh, God, and that, that interview was nauseating. Well, we just wanted to try some new things, and, you know, I asked my boys if they'd like it, and, you know, they like said, "All oh, shucks, that's a good idea.
0: I hope this doesn't happen. What if Malik Cunningham gets an injury? out multiple games. They go four and eight. See,
1: and that's the thing, though, is Louisville fans jump ship so quickly. They, they just, they're, they're quick to fall in love and, then, and fall out of love. They're
0: They're going to be one of the most more fascinating teams in college football, I think, over the next two years to watch.
1: Well, and and the thing is, is between our – even our worst, our four and eights, and they're nine and four this year, the truth is going to end up lying somewhere in between. Seven and five
0: is probably my prediction. They're going to be seven and five. Solid team. The kids will close games.
1: And the kids will come in next year. I mean, Satterfield really is extending his shelf life here um, because, like you said – even if they play next year, they're not going to be good and have an impact to the following year. And I, I, even though it's a different, it's a little bit different caliber player. I mean, you it's really quick to point to the 2014 to 2016 jump for UK. I mean, it's yeah. just, if you get the 20, it, it takes two years differently. That, that, okay. That is true. That That's the, that's the one uh, big difference maker. And you don't have to jump as high of a bar up too. like, you're already a, 500 team Kentucky was going from two wins to six, you know, um, so it was a little bit different. But for for those guys to actually be good football players takes two years. So, so I, I think the moral of the story is Satterfield's extending his shelf life, but we don't know if that's going to be a good shelf life or not. Like, is the, is that can of green beans that lasts ten years actually worth eating in year ten? You know,
0: what if <laughs> what, what if your is not any size, good?
1: Which is very well a possibility.
0: You know, you you. I mean, it's hard I mean to Drew Parker, It's like, hard to evaluate quarterbacks. Um, Pierce Clarkson's the ratings are all over the place. Our on three has him as a three star. Like, there's another service has him as a three star. I believe one service maybe has him as a top 125 prospect. So he falls just outside of the top 200 in our consensus rankings. So they're all over the place, mm-hmm. and you know it's a crapshoot. Like you see it all the time. Ryan Holinsky. Was a top 100 quarterback and it didn't work out at South Carolina. He came all the way across from the West Coast, so like, like quarterback recruiting is a crapshoot. I think we're gonna get in that here a little bit later. But like, what if that doesn't work out? And then, you know, the guy who helped you build the roster, his Mm. son, you know, maybe you feeling like they're just fat. It's fat. It's gonna be fascinating to watch it play out. Like it could end up being like it could end up being like a huge like someone could write a big oral history about how it all came together and how it all succeeded or failed or made a little documentary or something. Um, but, yeah, they're they're like the story right now, I think, in in college well, football. And that's and, why
1: I, – I know some Kentucky fans are tired of hearing about it, but that's why you have to – we're talking about it so much because it is fascinating, it's new. It's June, um, too. Yeah, yeah, and it's June. <laughs> um, but it's it's funny you brought up uh, Ryan Helensky – the uh, when Arch committed yesterday, uh, there was a somebody tweeted out top two quarterbacks to transfer and each class had one of them. And my favorite name on this list, you had your Blake Barnett's on there um, of the world. Uh, you know, of course, Quinn Newers already transferred once. But the, my favorite one on there was Gunnar Keel from Columbia, nearby Columbus, yeah. Indiana. That one.
0: Whoo. We're talking about there.
1: Yeah, who ended up playing for Eddie Grand at Cincinnati?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I was like, then he went from uh, Notre Dame to Indiana. He had a good year there. One year he was at Cincinnati.
0: Yeah.
1: He's a Big old boy. What a what what a change. What a fall. Uh, but that's that happens. That happens, and you know, and not to throw Barker under the bus or anything, but injury certainly played a role in it. But like, yeah, it's quarterbacks. You just you don't know.
0: Yeah, and that. With Arch, I do want to say a couple of things here. Like Sarkeesian's safe here for the next four years.
1: Oh, huge, huge shelf life extended. And if he can't,
0: you know, Texas's biggest thing is like culture, toughness, you know, um, heart, like commit committed to hard work. Like what do you you know, doing the little stuff it takes to win, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that is line of scrimmage play and like stability on your coaching staff, you know, same message and not. Um not having too many cooks in the kitchen, which is really hard to do at Texas.
1: And not having monkeys attacking people. Yeah. And...
0: But getting like getting Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning back to back for a potential four-year run uh with those guys, uh, two years for each. Um, it's very enticing. I think that's gonna that, that gives him a pretty big leash. And now it's up to Sark like to build that culture, um, to recruit the line of scrimmage well to build that up. So when you have Arch Manning, you can be a legitimate national championship contender. And so that gives him a big lease. So if he can't figure that out, man, he just not, you know, he, he probably shouldn't get a head coach down there. <laughs> right, um, right. But overall, I I wrote a uh, post, uh, post today really just kind of diving in. Nick, the SEC, if you count Oklahoma and Texas quarterbacks that are going to play, like when the transition, from the class of – since the class of 2020, there's been 14 top 100 recruits signed – two sec schools to play in the sec obviously Alabama's got four of them because they're absurd um, but Tennessee signed a couple um, and you've got nine of the 16 teams that have signed at least one, top one.
1: quarterbacks mm-hmm. gotcha Kentucky's
0: one of the seven that hasn't Kentucky mm-hmm. hasn't signed the top 300 quarterback since Drew Barker well I mean it's it's the elephant in the room right yep and you know you Liam Cullen left after one year, but that did leave you hanging out to dry. Mm-hmm. Because now, like you look at it, you're not signing a quarterback. Like let's let's be real here. Um I mean it's, the twin. Uh oh, his name escaping. Destin me. Wade. Destin Wade is not gonna play quarterback at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be like a I think he's gonna be a flex tight end. Right. Doesn't look like you're signing a 2023 quarterback. Unless, unless it's it's Danny right O'Neal.
1: I mean, that's kind of well, a, he's
0: 2024. I'm talking oh, about 2023. Yeah, yeah not now, unless, something, unless something happens like a coaching change where a guy comes free and maybe they target someone. Um, it's so you're, you're all the way to 2024. And so now you're in this like they're in a tough spot right now, right? Like Levis is leaving after this year, and we'll see you with Bo Allen, but Kentucky's really got to nail the portal after this year, and I think. What they would like is find a guy in the portal who can come in and be a two-year starter similar to Levis. Um, but you're kind of your prisoner of the transfer portal. Um, just look at basketball this <clears throat> past year, Nick. Like, oh, I think yeah. Kentucky would have maybe liked a point guard or another shooter, and it just never happened.
1: The guards just stunk in the portal this year. It wasn't – so,
0: Football's a little – football's a little different, but, you you, you know, you're at the – you have to take what you can get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, we'll, we'll see, and you're, you're hoping Scangarello evaluates it, right, um, similar to Cohen with Levis. I mean, you really all your eggs are kind of in that basket. It's a scary place to be in. Now, if you hit on that, you could be fine because then Cutter Bowley becomes this huge target in 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in state. He's been on campus three times in the last year. I mean, he's blowing up, but that's a guy, like, no holds bar. You have to get. Yeah. yeah. Your whole coaching staff has to be recruiting him. Um, He's playing with Tim Couch's son. Need to be be on the phone with the Deuce and be like, "Hey, we really need this kid. Like, we're going to need your help here. Mm -hmm. You got it. Whatever NIL stuff it takes. Like, that's a kid. You're going to have to pull out all the stops for you. Cannot miss on that kid. But in the meantime, you have to find a solid option in 2024, whether it's Danny O'Neill or not. And you've got to hit a home run in the portal. Yeah. And they're just in a they're just in kind of a dangerous spot here.
1: You're really Um, hoping for a. You know, one of the five stars, four star quarterbacks that signed with Ohio State or, you know, one of those big time guys. Georgia, Texas. Right.
0: You have to be careful with those guys too, because what if they weren't good enough to, you know, if you're Joey Gatewood,
1: you know, like, I mean, that's, he was a top 50 guy, you know. So, you, I
0: mean, it's just, it's a dangerous spot to be in. That's That's all I'm saying. And, um, and it's got to get better like it has to get better the quarterback for Kentucky how they've established it it's the difference from hovering around at 500 in the SEC um, to to be able to play in legitimate games with stakes in November where you're actually playing for something significant and meaningful like that's that's the difference I think where Kentucky is as a program it's not having a quarterback and having a quarterback if you got one they can I punch mean, above their weight class. If they that, don't have one, they're just gonna they're just gonna scratch and claw and go seven and five. Especially when you go to nine games, you're gonna go seven and five and go to Music City Bowl. But if you had the quarterback, you can make some noise.
1: Well, and th- this isn't just you saying it. That's Mark Stoops in in his talk with Kyle Tucker and their state of the program. He f- that's exactly what he said. Like, how how do you push back? How do you get to that next level? You have to have a difference maker at quarterback.
0: And another thing I'm worried about legitimately Levis is gone after this year. Dane Key and like Barry and Brown are true freshmen. Mm-hmm. What if they, like at the peak of Key and Barry and Brown's powers, they don't maybe have anybody. Chris to Lewis, give the ball. what if they yeah. don't have the quarterback? Like, you've what got... if they have this awesome receiver core and they just don't have the trigger man? It's like, like when Lynn, Lynn Bowden
1: that's... in 2019 oh, we have this great that, look, receiver. We don't have anybody get him the ball. This is
0: going to be different because I think these guys can make an average quarterback look pretty good but if you right. had a real like nfl prospect with these guys in a good play caller scheme like you could really have something but i'm worried that they might not have that and i mean that's a scary proposition right now but,
1: damn it look, why are you being so negative what the not hell's tra- wrong with you i'm you not know, trying to it's you're, just you're it, just being negative nancy negative luck it
0: this is where we're at right now it's but it's just i think a lot of this has to do with the coordinator churn you know, it's three years in a row where you got a new offensive coordinator and you've got to recruit quarterbacks so far in advance. This is where the – but this is where – like the Cohen stuff might not – like if, on the field, we might not see a sting at all. But this mm-hmm. is where the real sting is going to be because yeah. you really needed either in 2022 or 2023 to get a good quarterback, and they didn't. And so maybe something will happen late in the class, but like their back, I think their backs are against the wall. Kind of quarterback recruiting, they had like in the portal, they have to hit home run. I don't think there's any getting around it.
1: Um. Well, now that you're all doom and gloom, let's get doom and gloom (laughs) about teams that we hate. Um, (laughs)
0: Hey, I'm all in on the Will Evans experiment. I think this offense. Um. You know, you get cross Chris Rodriguez in the lineup, like. I think this offense could really be a, a damn powder keg um, this year. And hopefully that 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 pays off significantly on the recruiting trail. It can't hurt – like we hear Brad White talk about all the time while we're on camp about Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. If you can sell that at quarterback, that will help a ton too. But then that's when you get in the coordinator turn. The coaches mm-hmm. are there that they got him drafted. It's just, just tough.
1: Doom and gloom and like it. <laughs> um Athlon is the first preseason magazine to hit the stands. Phil Steele, he's bitching about his printers. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of those tweets. Those this are- is
0: actually hitting the shelves early. Um, it's coming yeah. like it should be on stands before Fourth of July. So,
1: oh, nice, nice. I, I ended up not having one at SEC Media Days last year, and I felt naked because it's <laughs> if nothing else, it's just a quick reference. You know, yeah. it's easy. To- I, it,
0: it's the best. It's just uh, a great resource guide. Yeah, for me yeah. here in the year it's you have all the, the spreads in there you've got depth charts you've got other mm-hmm. stuff uh, yeah i love it it's,
1: it's 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 that's what it's best used for is just as a reference material because you can't always find all that stuff on the internet athlon's best used in their their, their their they call it their scouting report but it's basically just anonymous coaches survey and from a kentucky standpoint there wasn't a whole lot of Juicy, you know, they weren't really very critical of Stoops. Um, You know, defensively, they don't get recognized or anything, but they're always effective. They do a good job of keeping it in front of them in the passing game, which I thought was a a nice little compliment. Not too condescending, even though some might take it as such. like it.
0: Yeah, and it made me – that quote made me really kind of think, you know, like what went wrong last year for Kentucky, right? Like if you just kind of look – and you dig in, they played three quarterbacks, Nick, who had, like, essentially over a 50% passing success rate, which is really, really, really good. Um, that's, like, top – they were pretty much top 25 quarterbacks in the sport. They played three of them, or top 20 quarterbacks. And that they got lit up by all three. When and they, they were, were at, at their best, too. Yeah, Will Rogers, um, and then Stetson Bennett played at that kind of level. I mean, he had a – he didn't throw a lot, but he had a 53.3% success rate. He ended up absurd – um, nearly a quarter of his passes were completions of fourteen yards or fifteen yards or more.
1: <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, and half half of his half of his throws, Nick, were either first downs or touchdowns. So he, I mean, he and the only other quarterback to get over that threshold that I have charted was CJ Stroud, and we know that year CJ Stroud had. And mm-hmm, we know with those receivers talking about him with those right. receivers, right? So that's how effective and explosive they were, and so they were really gutted when you look at those games. Um, over 300 yards per game allowed, 11 and a half yards per attempt, which is insane. No, no takeaways, eight touchdowns. Um, and really, the defense had no chance to stop either of those offenses, or not no chance, but they gave up over 30 plus points. We did that now, but you look at their other power five opponents, and the, the numbers were totally different. Um, if you stretch it out to a full, full season, they gave up 216 yards per game. Against other Power 5 opponents, that's about top 50. Six and a half yards per attempt, Nick, is top 15 in the country. Um, Seven interceptions in seven games, that interception rate would rank top 15 in the country. So really, the pass defense we were used to, we saw in the other seven Power 5 games.
1: Yeah, they just got gutted in those three games. They just got exposed. Especially at Tennessee. (laughs) That one really messes with the averages. Yeah, because they went from first in the SEC and pass defense, just in raw yards per game allowed, all the way to eighth Mm -hmm. year over year.
0: So if you you think Kentucky is going to be what we think they could be on offense, which I think with all the pieces of the potential top ten offense, but let's say they fall a little short of that, but they're still, let's say they're averaging 30 points a game. They're really balanced running pass. They remain good in the red zone and they improve on their turnovers. Uh, Then like if you play like Kentucky does in a live possession game and you're scoring over 30 points a game. It's going to be very hard hard to win unless the team you're playing just gets a bunch of explosive plays. And so they were really able to eliminate that other than those elite quarterbacks. Um, now, they're going to play those guys again. You know, you Bennett, Hooker, Rodgers are are all on the schedule. I um, mean, when you use that 50% success rate threshold, Spencer Rattler was up there both two years at Oklahoma. But other than that, I don't think there's really a quarterback that potentially scares you on that. Like Anthony Richardson, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be that yeah. type of efficiency level. It's going to be a lot of eliminating big plays against him. Ole Miss, you looked at Corral was under that threshold last year and I've talked about how not great the quarterbacks looked at Ole Miss during the spring so I think the schedule sets up pretty well like if you if that's the formula and if these other teams are playing aren't able to produce the chunk plays then it just comes down to those four games I think South Carolina Tennessee Mississippi State and Georgia and two of those games are the two biggest ones on the schedule you know if you take out the Georgia game the uh Mississippi State, South Carolina game, Nick, to get where Kentucky wants to get to, that's a game you just can't lose. Those two games you have to win.
1: Yeah, and and that's – I don't want to say that's become the norm because it it, it has, but it hasn't. It's, at home, that 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 has – in order to have a great season, you have to do those things at home. So it, it's not a just tell me something I don't know, but that's – that's how you climb the ladder. That's how you climb the ladders. You take care of business against those teams. Mm-hmm. Against uh, also, we got to let the listeners know too on our. kind of an inside joke, but um, Mr. Podcaster Shane Beamer, do we have yes. an official nickname for him? Is it just Mr. Podcaster? Um, I South was Carolina. Calling, p-
0: yeah, I said Mr. Podcast. I don't.
1: This dude, he does I feel more like no one's talking about this do. but
0: us. But, like, this is the biggest media honk in college football. Yeah,
1: it's it's bad. I, I mean, niggas Nick' is if slurping. I,
0: if I fired off a tweet right now, um, like, if I said, Shane Beamer is faker than Jesse Jimstone, I would get blasted by 800 national <laughs> media members. Are. And I, I don't believe that. But, like, that's just – he's just got a lot of friends in the media. And, like, that's where all this – Hype for them is coming from. It's just been fascinating to watch, and Mm -hmm. he'll—I mean—he'll goes on every podcast. Every if you're into the college football podcast space at all, just search Shane Beamer in your Spotify app or or your Apple (laughs) Podcast app. See how many see how many podcasts (laughs) he's going on.
1: Crazy.
0: I mean, he's been on with Big Game Boomer. He's been on with Reddit. (laughs) He's been on with every regional SEC podcast you could think of.
1: Oh man!
0: Plus all the national stuff and the local South Carolina pods.
1: (laughs) Oh, and my favorite, um, my favorite was when this would be like no shot,
0: no 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 bad like Big Blue Drew does the dad pod, right? Yeah, yeah. Not not crapping on Big Blue Drew at all, but this would be like Mark Stoops going on the dad pod with Big Blue Drew with his dad though. That's what's even crazier is that Shane and Frank. Uh,
1: the guy who does games, Cox Central, it's on three site, Mike uh, Uva, Uva. I don't I don't know how to pronounce that, but he had Frank and Shane on a Zoom to talk about dad, wife, and love. And I just want to know who came up with that idea for Father's Day. I could easily see Shane pitching it to him being like, I've got this great idea. People are going to love it. I mean, it's just, just, oh yeah, it, we're, 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 anytime we see Shane Beamer on our Twitter feed, it's about a podcast. You can bet your sweet buns our eyes are rolling at Mr. Podcast. The South Carolina head podcaster. He went from the old ball coach to the, to the new podcaster.
0: I know. It's, um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's been wild. I mean, you got to – salesman for sure.
1: Oh, he's doing it. They love he that in South couldn't Carolina.
0: Couldn't you see, like, Shane Beamer, he would just be, like, selling cars or insurance or something. He's, Everybody-
1: he is definitely the guy that you take to the meeting to close to to like be good with clients, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and your he goes to all the conventions and and smooth stalks him, yeah. takes him out. He knows the local spot where they'll have a good time after the convention. I mean, that's Shane Beamer. He he's, he's Mr. Personality, uh, Mr. Lovable guy. Uh, we can't say the same thing about Satterfield because in that Athlon magazine, they also had stuff on UK's opponents their rivals and the stuff on Satterfield was golden. Um, (laughs) Pretty much every person they talked to was like, yeah, we expect this job to be open this year. And we were kind of surprised that he he still has it, Uh, which goes. And and that's where it's, it's, it's even more fascinating with all the recruiting stuff Um, because I'm sure these coaches were talked to before the recruiting thing happened, but I mean, there's, these are guys in their league that are expecting Satterfield's job to be open. And, yeah,
0: I, I want to read something right here, Nick. Uh, this one's what stood out to me.
1: Okay. It might be the one I've got too. Uh, so I'm, I'm anxious to hear which one you pick.
0: Probably the thing that jumps out most is how they've worked the portal in both directions and how different that is from what Scott came from at Atten. Even as a G5, they had a system of developing guys, building a very specific culture. In the last few years, it seems that they're always scrambling to rebuild that roster and define themselves. And now you jump into now recruiting. Like he's doing a total 180 of what they've done in the past. Like total, like how he built app and that that model, that blueprint, is not at all what he's doing right now.
1: Man. It's um
0: and you go and look, I looked up some introductory press conference quotes from him this week and he talked about his recruiting philosophy. He's like, We're not gonna go out east or out west. We're gonna stick in our region. We're gonna go to North Carolina and Georgia and we're gonna find and locally and we're gonna really invite these high school coaches. We're gonna have great relationship with these high school coaches. The the doors are open, doors are not closed at Louisville anymore. You all come here, talk to us, and we're gonna recruit recruit your kids and we're gonna go down to Georgia, and North Carolina, and we're gonna get kids. And and he's they're not the doing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that that really that that stuck to me. Like yet, yeah, like the culture and the old, the app and the, the model, um, they just got they've totally gotten away from that. Well,
1: and, and that goes into the the statement that I had pulled, which was things the school and head coach figured out. They're not yeah, a yeah. That for was each other next, a while ago. next sentence. You know, like there hasn't been a way to create the break yet, and the The, the issues to get at the out, school box time, yeah, and yeah it, unless they surprise a lot of people, this feels like the end. so who knows Satterfield might have done enough surprising, but it is uh it is a bizarre bizarre situation down there on floyd street
0: fascinating most fascinating team in college football this year over the next two years, I think is Louisville. Let's see what that looks like and again, um, the schedule is uh ridiculously tricky. For them this year and if they have you know injury bug bites they could be in trouble
1: right right um i also just love that the there was some coach who just said uh talking about tennessee pretty easy to break down because that offense is easy to break down your six-win team if your quarterback is decent and you've got a two or three game ceiling if you can make plays like just a hilarious evaluation of the university of tennessee but also kind
0: of true I mean, I'm very very interested to see how teams defend them this year now that the tape's out. Right. Um, The kind of Art Bryles offense, Nick, um, this kind of super space, veer and shoot, typically quarterbacks in that offense are not very efficient. Typically the completion rate is low. Typically the success rate is pretty low, but they're hitting a bunch of chunk plays.
1: Yeah. The anomaly
0: with that offense last year is that hooker was just really efficient. He's had a high completion rate. He had a success rate over 52%. He's a good, he good
1: rusher. Right.
0: Yeah. Plus the run element from QB. <clears throat> I don't, I'd be surprised if he hits those numbers again. Like just this offense and how it's based, it's just hard to hit. And I think teams are going to be better suited to defend them in the well, league.
1: Not only schematically, but just from a personnel standpoint, the teams they're playing have seen it now. Um, yep. and they they've also seen it against better receivers. Um, I know Bayless Jones is one of the guys they've lost. I, I don't have my Phil still yet to rattle. They, all. They the got Cedric off.
0: Tillman back and he'll be, a, I mean, he'll be first team preseason all sec. Um, he, he'll be a dude outside Jalen Hyatt's a guy that was a big recruit for them. Um, they recruited well, um, in the 2022 class with receiver, you know, it's a system they're going to have, they're going to put up numbers. I'm not really too worried about who they have on the outside, on the perimeter, but I just I'm very interested to see. Team. I think they caught a lot of people by surprise last year, mm-hmm. um, with how good and efficient Hooker, well, mainly where Hooker was. Because we remember what this offense looked like with Joe Milton. Yeah. Oh. you know, we remember if you can't hit the deep shots, you're in a world of hurt because you're going to be in behind the chains.
1: Right. 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 But mean, then
0: you can't get into your tempo if you're not if you're not moving the ball.
1: Man, so I'm yeah, going to love
0: to see. I think some of that sour grapes from the coaches, but at, at the other time I think they're going to be. Better suited to the fit, especially after all these crooked numbers they hung on people last year.
1: Oh, yeah. Some people that's are going to be fired sure. up Yeah, um, to, yeah. Get,
0: to get back at them.
1: And it would be a real shame if we had to watch a lot of Joe Milton football this fall. That guy I really wanted to see him throw it out of the end zone when we were down there in Athens watching that the, the garbage game versus Ole Miss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the fascinating thing with Heupel at UCF, his best year was his first year, and then he dipped.
1: Yep. Each, Each year, year, his team slowly got worse,
0: and mainly it was the defense kind of falling off slowly. Does that happen the same at Tennessee? That's what I'm very, mm-hmm. very interested to see. Um, but you got to give him credit; he found Hook. Well, he didn't find Hooker; he inherited him, and, and it ended up working out. I mean, it was a great break mm-hmm. for them.
1: Well, speaking of breaks, it's time for us to to take a little break, and we might be. We might be breaking longer than the normal. Um, I know we have a couple announcements coming up, Fourth of July weekend, but things are going to be pretty slow up until SEC Media Days, and uh, like, well, it's going to be a pop pop. So that that's that's right around the corner. Um, what's 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 how, how are we feeling right now with a couple weeks to go?
0: We're feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, wife Taylor is ready for that kid to get out, out. Of stomach. <laughs> <laughs> How uh That's,
1: has it sunk in? Is, yeah, is it, is yes, it's still real.
0: Yeah, i think it feels real, but it's still like it won't be like real real until it, you know, it's until here. it's
1: 3 a.m. and yeah, you know, baby's
0: crying. <laughs> right. I'm sure i went in the room I might have a mini panic attack when it's about to happen. But yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. It's flown by, I'm not gonna lie. It's flown by.
1: Yeah. Man, well we're we're excited for y'all. Um, cheering you on, cheering Taylor on. You're doing all the hard work anyway. I mean, so don't yeah. don't don't let her take up too much praise. You're doing all the hard work. Um, but just as a forewarning to our listeners, if we don't get another pod in for a,
0: a while, that that's why. Uh, you know, yeah, like it's got a dad around. Unlike the University of Florida head football coach, I will not be writing an apology letter. <laughs> To eleven personnel nation. Oh man, for missing uh, some podcast time.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I'm thank you, thank you, because I had it written down and just glossed over it, folks. Billy Napier hes out of here in two years. You can't like this is holy crap. You're doing an open letter to fans before even coaching a game. You do that as like a last. This is the I I, I equated it to the players only meeting. This is the last ditch effort you do to save face, and he's doing it halfway through a summer of recruiting.
0: What are you doing, Billy? The, uh, he's in the over whole, his head, man. The whole thing with Napier was we're hiring him and getting rid of Mullen. We're getting ready, rid of a you know a, a top line elite X and O guy because we want to recruit top one hundred players like Georgia and A and M and Alabama are doing, and he's not doing it. Um, they really the big one is Jaden Rashada, mm-hmm. quarterback from the Bay Area out in California. Florida made – got him on campus a couple weeks ago, made a big move. They were in the lead. It looked like they were going to get his commitment. Um, he had a commitment – I think he was supposed to commit earlier this week.
1: Yeah. And he it pushed said. it
0: back. He <laughs> pushed it back. Chris the ball. Mario Chris the ball in Miami made a move. He's at Miami right now. they big mm-hmm. week. Like we just talked about earlier. And he's got – like predictions are coming in for Miami. He's going to commit to Miami. Um, and it – like Florida's going to miss for the second class in a row. They're going to miss out on a quarterback. Last year they had – um, Nick Evers committed. He, a Texas kid, neighbor. Or excuse me, Mullen gets fired. He flips and he's at Oklahoma right now. And so it's. They'd be two years in a row where they miss out on quarterback. You look at other areas. Um, they're still not recruiting in state, getting a lot of kids very well. You know, it's just. I mean, it's not looking great for him. And you go on a Florida message board right now, and it's just he did. Mm-hmm. And it's different down there, Nick. Like than it is here. Like yeah, football recruiting is huge. It's the lifeblood. Yeah, it's huge down there, you know, and they don't and it just like Florida, they just feel like they're very, very behind. And yeah, they he's got job pressure on him already. And he's had uh. to cut scholarships, Nick. I don't know if you saw that earlier this week. Like Florida was over the 85, so he had to cut three players. <laughs> like now in June. I don't know why he waited that long. Um, but yeah, he had they had to cut to get down to the 85. Uh so oh, yeah, this guy. and if you dig into Napier, he missed on a lot of hires. Um, He missed on some guys he really wanted. Um, Most notably, uh, Jim Knowles was number one defense coordinator. He's at Ohio State now. And he missed on a a few more hires um, as well. So, very interesting year. And you look at them, interesting team, Nick. Utah, Kentucky at home, back-to-back, at night in the swamp to start the year.
1: That's the start to the season.
0: I mean, that could be – Utah and Kentucky could be two top 15 teams you have to start your season with, with a new coaching staff, you know, a new scheme. All of that.
1: mm-hmm and be a lot on Anthony Richardson's shoulders. He's going to have yeah. to do a lot, a yeah. lot, a lot. And for lot, Kentucky, right
0: like, you really – like, for Kentucky to get where they get, I think just if you can split Florida Ole Miss, those road trips in September, and to get that in October two-game slate with South Carolina, Mississippi State, if you can be 4-1, 1-1 and one, one and one in the league, I think you would t- – I would sign up for that right now. Um, I would rather you- be 5 and. Oh, but if you get five and o two and you you really you're cooking with grease. I yeah, mean, you could yeah. really get to that. You can get to that by seven. I mean, you could get to by seven and o oh, four 0 oh, going to Tennessee on Halloween mm-hmm. weekend undefeated.
1: Could be a doozy. Yeah, could be a doozy.
0: Regardless, you have to win. I think you got to win three of your four road games potentially, um, and then clean slate at home. But you got to win. A, or that would be the goal. But you got to win at least two of those road games. Um, and if you get too right, I mean, you get too early. So yeah. It's it, usually fare better early in the year on the road than they have in the middle of the year in October.
1: And, and, and there's also something, too, about that Florida game, the symbolism there. Um, we're, it's something about that, that, that rotating SEC West team. It doesn't hit the fan base qu- quite like. And, and even when you lose at Mississippi State, those losses don't,
0: the,
1: the, the impact of the win and the loss to the Western opponents. Doesn't matter as much as your Eastern ones because you're playing them every year, and and in Florida, Florida's case, yeah. I mean it's
0: his history. And and
1: there's just there's a symbolism too to beating them back to back years, and then three out of your last five. I think that mm-hmm. would be yeah, like that. Any that, any that Kentucky would feel like a yeah. you, you can say that you've moved ahead of them in the pecking order if you can accomplish that goal.
0: Any Kentucky fan from the ages of twenty seven to sixty. This is just a yeah. The large chunk of their fan base <laughs> and even their most memorable years, they just watched Florida kick Kentucky's face in.
1: Yeah, about fifty and, points.
0: And now you got a chance to beat them for the third time in five years. Yeah, third time in five years. Well, in they would have had down there.
1: Three or four different head coaches during Stoops' ten years, three or
0: mm-hmm. four. Oh, they had Muschamp, McElwain.
1: Yeah, Muschamp McElwain. was yeah. So four.
0: Neighbor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean
0: Muschamp the first two years and he got fired mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen. Wow. Whew,
1: how the times have changed how the yeah. times have changed but that was like um i found out and it just dawned on me the other day when maurice Corette was at the the uk football facility
0: yeah i remember half, his i remember watching like his I mean, freshman half, year like that was kids, like every week i was watching him felt like half
1: the kids didn't weren't alive when he was doing that back in o2 which is just remarkable in my brain but i i, I wrote it in the post but he was – I know we're supposed to hate Ohio State for whatever reason in the state of Kentucky, but he was the first college football player outside of a Kentucky football player that I was just like, oh, my gosh, this guy's awesome. I want to watch him as much as I can. Like, I was cheering for them over Miami. You know, I I was anti-U. You know, I was going for the sweater
0: vest and Maurice Corrette. Like, that.
1: That they were so much fun to watch.
0: Arch Manning was in second grade when Johnny Manziel had his Hazard season. <laughs>
1: oh man pretty sure yeah, but- the quarterback for that ohio state team is from my wife's hometown right was that um is it krenzel
0: yeah well the year they yeah because it was the year they won the title
1: pretty sure krenzel is uh a saint henry Two Two
0: k craig with a k
1: yeah pretty it's 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 either krenzel or there's another no 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 i'm thinking Swick? of the net. i'm thinking of the national championship guy when they had gin and they lost um who was that quarterback? He 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 was just so so as well. But dude, whenever we go to the St. Henry alumni softball tournament, dude is just smashing home runs. You yeah. know, like the, the see, and that's what I want to be. I I don't even need to be the athlete good enough to to go play in the national championship. Just make me good enough to be on the awesome team and then just kick ass and all the adult stuff. And that's yeah. what that guy does. And I can't remember his name. He was the he 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 lost the title game, but was still good wow. enough to be there.
0: Was it an 07 team lost LSU? Because yeah. Troy Smith was 06, it had to be whoever the quarterback was, it was next it
1: was year. The year after.
0: I can't remember who that was.
1: Um, I'm looking it up because it's yeah, a go Ohio
0: State football reference. It's
1: gonna kill me. And it is um oh gosh, here we go. Um Todd Beckman. There we go. Yeah, Beckman. Yep, he started it. for two years. Um yeah, Beckman is a he's still a stud athlete 15 mm-hmm. years later. Gosh, that well, that was uh, We made everybody feel old today.
0: And I'm the world trips this year, Nick. Um, like, we got a good Kentucky turnout at Georgia
1: mm-hmm. last yeah, year. That was I, great. I, oh,
0: Ole first Miss time going to the huge. Grove in over a decade. I feel like there's going to be a lot. I've talked Every, to some people. I know yeah. a lot of people going already. Uh huh. That's going to be a fun. Like then, that, Friday, that Friday night in whatever their little district's called. I can't remember what it's called down there. That could, That's going to be a fun night.
1: Well, and then Tennessee, if you mentioned that scenario earlier, there's going to be a ton. I mean, you can get tickets to Tennessee games. That, yeah,
0: 100,000-seat stadium, right. There's
1: going to be a lot of blue that gets in there. So, yeah,
0: a lot, a lot, of, a lot of
1: potential. Mm-hmm.
0: And everything is with, like, sneaky thing about Oxford, it's a six-hour drive from Louisville. Yeah. Like you talk about like the South Carolina trips, usually the six hours the weekend trip, like that's, you it's can doable. make that. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bad. Um, like South Carolina and Georgia, the bad thing about those is it's like, it leaks into that seven and a half hour range mm-hmm. from Louisville. Um, at least and that, that makes it kind of a pain in the rear, but that's six hours. You can get it done pretty easy. And that's going to be a fun and it's a perfect time of year. Really?
1: Right. Right. Um, it,
0: it should be cooling off just a little bit there at first of October. So yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a fun year.
1: Gonna be a fun year. Ah, man, love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I've I've loved doing this podcast like it. Uh we we said let's do a quick one and here an hour later, we're still yeah. yammering on. It happens. It's what what off season? Josh yep. Pate? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um But we we've had a good time and uh might be taking a brief break, but
0: hey. We should get we'll, one I we'll probably get one more in. Yeah. I have a, a It'll
1: probably be after the holiday weekend though. We'll we'll wait for some reaction to the announcements and stuff. Right. Um okay. But we'll we'll tentatively plan for a post independence holiday. Uh stay safe out there. Enjoy the summer, folks, and go cats and go Kroger.